Yeah. Yo, what's good? What is good? What is good? This is my microphone check. This is my webcam. I've been goddamn working on getting this goddamn webcam together for goddamn last hour. But yo, back. Thank you guys for tuning in to Tizzy Talks 202. I appreciate everybody who's in. I'm doing the live on the Instagram for the first time this time with this Tizzy Talks. And what's up, Hollywood? Hollywood just checked in. I'm not really I can't I can't check in and say hey to everybody. So but as in the beginning, I'm gonna go ahead and check in and say hey to people. What's up, Shane? Hush. Uh Tizzy Talks episode two oh two. Uh, I appreciate everybody who listened to last week. Uh, shout out Phase God. I actually got an interview dropping with Phase God um, soon, coming tomorrow. Actually, Phase God and Anwa, man with analysts, they came through. They chopped it up. Shane, I have not forgot about you. I promise, my life has been you know through a thousand shits. But hey, matter of fact, if you're free today, I'm stuck at the house. I'm gonna get into why I'm stuck in the house in the podcast. Pull up the day, bro. I can get you in because uh, the fucking audio on my microphone was fucked up. But, yo, man. Um, so, let me see. Where do I begin, bro? Let me just get this shit off my motherfucking chest, yo. All right, man. So, man. All right. I'm a, I'm a black male. I think that's pretty obvious. I'm 26. I'm about to be 27. You know what I'm saying? I make it that far. Yo. Swear to fucking God, bro. It feels like life be trying to suck all the motherfucking... Like, everything out of a nigga, bruh. I'm talking about left and right. Just looking around like, yo, son. <laughs> what the fuck, bruh? And it's not like, you know, it's not options. You know, a nigga could be in the street. You know what I mean? A nigga could be out here doing all kinds of reckless shit. But it's like, you look around at the life you live. And it's like, personally, I can only speak for me. It's like, nigga, I'm not... Doing shit to nobody, you know what I'm saying? If anything, I'm out here trying to help motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here trying to, you know, like, get everybody to a position where everybody can goddamn do what the fuck they want to do. And I be looking around in my personal life at times, and I be like, man, God, like, who the fuck looking out for me at the end? Not like on a personal shit, like a person to person, like, who looking out for me is like... I mean, my life, for example, I'll go ahead and like this. So, through the New Era Music Fest, New Era Music Fest, for all intents and purposes, lit as fuck. Like, the most lit shit that ever happened. I dead ass cannot wait till next year because I got, I came up with a master plan for next year. Oh, the moves is going to be, oh, they're going to be so great. Next year's New Era Music Fest is going to be insane. But yeah, New Era Music Fest, man, lit as fuck. Didn't make no money. Matter of fact, nigga lost mad bread. I'm talking about all the breads that I had. I put my whole pocket into this shit. Lost all of it. After everything, like, payouts that I could do, because I couldn't pay. I still haven't paid everybody back. Like, cause, well, paid everybody out. Because, you know, if you do anything with your CLT raps, if you do anything with Tizzy, I'm putting money in your pocket. That's just, that's just me. I'm making sure I'm looking out. You know what I'm saying? Because you do your work, you get your bread. That's just my thing, and nobody looks out for artists at all. So as an artist, I always make sure that what I do is to look out, you know what I'm saying, for the artist. So, you know what I'm saying, I'm paying out, paying out, paying out, paying out everybody, you know what I'm saying, because 
I set prices that were well, not prices. I set price points in my head of what I want to pay people. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna pay people what I say. I'm gonna pay you. Uh, and if I can hit you with more, my nigga, I'm gonna hit you with more. Cause at the end of the day, I'm not a nigga that really worries about money. Like money is money. You know what I'm saying? Money comes when it comes. Money leaves when it leaves. They call it making money for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like it's called making money. It's not. It's not hard to do so. And personally, what I have, what I've noticed in my life is. Whenever I need money to do the shit that I want to do, the shit just comes. So it's not like, you know, matter of fact, back to the festival, even how the whole festival came into play. So I was standing at my brother's house, you know, like I said, my last podcast, you know, life hit me with a strong one to knock the nigga all the way the fuck out. Uh, so I was standing at my brother's spot and I just had that I did it through the festival. I mean, you can ask my ex Simone. I was walking in the like in the in the yard before and I was like I want a food truck here, food truck here, stage here. And I had this whole shit visualized in my head. I drew this shit out. You know what I'm saying? So for it to come together, how it came together was nothing short of I'm not gonna say a miracle, but nothing short than a miracle itself. I'm actually Oh shit. I shouldn't even fuck with the goddamn uh camera. I was trying to swipe off so I don't get distracted. Starting the podcast back up. Sorry about that, guys. You know, I be fucking up, you know, trying to do extra shit so I don't get distracted. Ended up just doing what... Need to do what the fuck I need to do. Now I got to get this shit to goddamn stay again. Hey, man, shut the fuck up. Anyway, um, technical difficulties. On, 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 uh, shout out Shane Hush. Yo, I like the live. The live is fun. All right, boom, got it. All right, but anyway, so it's like... You know, with shit going on, I, I planned the whole shit out. And so for the whole podcast, not the whole podcast, damn, see, I'm all fucked up. For the whole um, situation for it to even come together, that situation being the New Era Music Fest, for the thing to even come out, come together the way I had it to come together in my head, it took, honestly, help from outside sources. And that outside source being, like, I got, for me to even get into my brother's house, I got, I didn't get into a wreck. This lady in the car hit me. So that wreck resolved itself, uh, and I got my payout two weeks, like two weeks before the festival. So I basically used all that money there to get my life together because I had I found out I had to pay some shit to get my license back. So basically, I did all I used all that money to get my life together, and then the rest was to go straight to the festival, and that's what got uh, the stage. <laughs> to be real, that stage was a thousand dollars. I ain't got a goddamn thousand dollars. That's how it got the stage. That's what got all the supplies. That's um honestly like that got a lot of shit. You know, like that's what got the video promotion. That's what got the Facebook promotion. That's what paid for like a lot of the shit that went with the festival. So it's like me in my head, like I'm the type of person where I just go through with shit that's in my head because I feel like it's gonna happen. No matter the fuck what. If I say it's going to happen, nigga, it's going to happen. And I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say. That's just the kind of personality I have. So, you know, a month before the festival, I think I sold like 16 tickets. Not even 16. I think I sold like four tickets, to be honest. But I ain't really give a fuck because I know how people in Charlotte is. It's going to be late. Niggas don't buy shit on time. I had the Facebook promotion. No, not Facebook promotion. I had the Instagram on, on Smash. So if anybody, you know what I'm saying, follow New, uh, New Era Music Fest uh, on Instagram, nigga, I had that shit on goddamn on lock, nigga. So I had that go, and that was really all I had because it was me. Like I, You look at the New Era Music Fest, like 75% of doing the whole festival was me because I'm just, it, that thing, that festival, putting that together taught me that I can't do everything. And I knew going into the festival that I couldn't do everything. 
So it's weird that, you know, it took that whole festival. Like I said, 75% of it. Like I said, it wasn't until uh, like two months before the festival I met Imani. Uh, she hit me up on, she uh, emailed me um, and she wanted to link up and help me um, volunteer basically with the festival. And I ended up paying her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, bro, if you work for me, bro, my, I, I, I'm going to put money in your pocket because, nigga, it's hard, bro. I understand niggas need bread. But, you know, so she um she helped me out. And honestly, she really helped me lock down the inside stage and get some of those newer artists because I didn't know about NASCAR. I didn't know about... I did the fest. I did the um, what's it called? I did the the, the little the little uh, sweepstakes, if you want to call. It. I can't really think of the right word for it. It's not a raffle. I did the little uh, contest. That's the word I'm looking for. I did the contest online, and I mean, you know, I saw I got you know hip to ATK and uh, King Ty Lil B. Even though Lil B wasn't able to come out, that's how I got hit. Well, Seth died one just because he got the mass support. I knew about Seth. I knew about Cole Spiffy through MFGD, but that's how I got hip to a lot of those artists. But she really put me on to like a whole nother subculture that I literally had. Shit. It's a whole wave of niggas in Charlotte that's popping. Like, I thought that it was just like Keychain, Safna, and um, Trill Kage. Well, Nappy Tribe. They don't, I know they're not all together no more, but I thought honestly it was really just them, Kale Kardashian, Bambizilla. But, like, it's a whole, like, that's, like, just the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Like, I didn't even know 10 cell phones. It's just, you know, it was from Charlotte. I don't know if you know who 10 cell phones is, but he's a boy. He had a video, and um, he was the guy who, like, flipped the, he flipped the uh, bullet off of his shoe and then, you know what I'm saying, dropped it into the gun. Uh, that's him. But he, she helped me, like, meet all of them. But if it honestly wasn't, like, for her and then Cash, like, she helped with the volunteers Bruh, shit, nigga. That festival wouldn't have came together the way it came together because it's a group effort, man. And I know going into, you know what I'm saying, New Red Music Fest next year, based on what I did this year, things that need to be changed, things that need to be tweaked in order to make the festival, you know what I'm saying, bigger, badder, and bolder. Uh, but that's just that. Like, that's on the, the help side, like on the financial side. Niggas ain't got, like me personally, bro. I don't got money to throw no damn festival. Everything just came together how it came together and I I just let it be and it was just my stubbornness that if you want to call it that that you know what I'm saying I kind of forced that shit you know what I'm saying into, into into happening but as good as the festival turned out was and as as fun as it was and how you know what I'm saying it was what I imagined it ain't making a lot of money you know what I'm saying it ain't make enough money to pay everybody let alone for a nigga like me you know what I'm saying? To make a, any kind of money back off of it. Because I'm the type of person where I'm going to take the bread that I do make and I'm going to give it back to the people because, I mean, the money hit my account after the after the payout. And I'm the type of nigga, I'll be up front. I, I got the payout that I got from my, um, the payout that I got from my direct was 2500 I used some of the shit to go, like I said, to get my life and get my car and shit situated. But I put a good, I'm going to say like thirteen to seventeen hundred dollars into the festival and then I still had to ask money not ask you know what I'm saying I still had homies that put bread up for the festival. Uh, and then you know what I'm saying I had to hit them back because they niggas invested in the festival. So my goal was with the people who invested in the festival, I wanted to get them at least a one hundred percent return. Well the minimum I'm gonna do anybody. If you put some bread up for me, I'm gonna get you your bread back. I wanted to get them at least a hundred and fifty percent on their return. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't able to goddamn I really even give them their money back but because i didn't make no money you know what i'm saying the festival didn't make the bread near what it could make or near what it was not i'm not gonna say supposed to make because that's 
putting it on like I'm like, all right, cool, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to make this. Nah, honestly, I just if I made my money back, that'd have been cool. But the whole way if festival went on the financial side, it didn't go near as well as it could have because on a, that seventy five percent. You know what I'm saying? I tried to do it all by myself. And it wasn't really even a try to do it all by itself. It's a more or less like not really knowing how to reach out to people to ask for help. Like I said, go back to being like a black male in society and, and just being a male. You taught to be strong. You taught to be this. You taught to be that. And then you talk to, you know what I'm saying? As a black male, we don't really reach out to motherfuckers when it comes to like shit that we go through. You know what I'm saying? Because that's some super taboo shit within our community and it's like mm, why you know what i'm saying like why are we so stuck on having all this shit inside of our heads why are we so stuck on like trying to do everything by ourselves and i understand you know we do have loved ones and honestly we do got, it's, it's when you be in relationships you tell you tell you know the girl you with particular things and then they turn around and then use those things against you when they mad at you in argument. So then you just sit here looking like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, you know, I told you some shit that I ain't tell nobody because I trusted you. And then you're going to turn around and try to throw that shit back on me. And so it makes you like, all right, well, then I'm not going to tell nobody because then you don't want to tell your homies because you can't look a particular way in front of your homies. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 all about with guys in general, how we how we just taught to be like mentally tough and just physically tough and the providers and all that shit where you don't really know how to ask for an outlet at least in my point of view like i ain't really know how to ask for an outlet and to be real how the first time i even like besides imani and like being like all right well she wants to volunteer so i really got to be on my shit you know what i'm saying like this is somebody who saw my vision and doesn't know me wants to be a part of something that I got going on. So I have to present myself and I have to act this and be this particular way. Because if I'm not, then the whole organization, the whole professionalism of what I am doing, it was all for not, it crumbles away and it means nothing. So that's on one situation. But on the, I got to reach out type, that's like a, how do I, you know what I'm saying? That's a personal thing where it's not really a company. I got the volunteer forms. Yeah, but even trying to organize the volunteers while still putting together the whole festival and getting the artists together and the DJs together, that in itself is hardest shit to do. So it's weird when you're up here and you're in that position of, nigga, this is your idea, this is your shit. And I positioned myself when I did this festival to be a, this is a make it or break it. This is a you win or you lose. This is a if this does not go through at all, if this is a complete bust, my nigga, that's the whole end, not end all be all, but that's the accreditation of everything that you have been working so hard to build as far as Tizzy, Yosio, T-Raps, MFGD, all this shit you've been doing. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's a huge punch and a huge knock in the armor. And it wasn't until FaZe Guy, which is one of my close homies, he was on the phone with me one day. He was like, yo, this isn't the question that I didn't already receive, but it wasn't received from, you know what I'm saying, Cash, which is somebody I'm, you know what I'm saying, I, my, I see all the time. You know what I'm saying? This is from another rapper to me, rapper, to also business. He's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? What's something I can do to help for the festival? And we on the phone. It's not a... 
text conversation or post on Facebook or some shit like that. We on the phone, so I'm sitting here like, uh, like confused as shit because I don't really know how to even formulate the words to tell somebody who just asked me for help because that's such a foreign thing to me. And I'm just like, uh, security. Hey, can you help me find somebody for security? And then, boom. All right, bet. And he ran with security. I was like, okay. That's how you, you know what I'm saying? You ask, you know what I'm saying? You get somebody for help. But then I started thinking about the situation. If you know me, I'm always thinking about like, damn, all right, that was whack though. I could have did that shit a lot more cooler. And then I thought about it. I think about like Jay-Z. I think about like all these boss type motherfuckers. And I think about, okay, what do they do? How would Jay-Z have reacted in that situation? And personally, I was like, yo, if Jay-Z, somebody you ask Jay-Z a question, he don't know the answer. In his head, he might be like, ah. But what you see in his demeanor and what you see in his presentation and his face is just one cool, calm, collected person who's taking that time to hit you with that security. And that's all it is. It's taking that time to process the information, think about it, and listen to that voice inside your head. Because, again, you might ask Jay-Z or Al Pacino or Scarface at that, you know what I'm saying, that Al Pacino. You know what I'm saying? You might ask these boss-type characters a question that they might not know the answer to. Just like it's a lot of times we ask questions that we don't know the answer. Well, we're asked questions that we don't know the answers to. And per- I know for me, like I said, everything is from my point of view. Every time I be like, ah, I don't know. But if we just take that time to go back to, like I said, in my first episode, we just listen to that voice inside of our head. Because it was a voice inside of my head this whole time. And I spoke at that voice when I, when I, in, in my emails. I told everybody, Yo, I can't do this shit by myself. I can't do this shit by myself. So that, that voice that was inside my head who told me that I couldn't do this shit by myself then transmuted that subconscious to my conscious where I was saying that in emails, but it still wasn't transmuting into the physical where I'm then acting out that principle of, all right, I know I can't do this by myself. This is what I need to be doing because in order to do the things that I ultimately want to do, it's going to take teamwork. In order to get that teamwork, there needs to be a coach. And if this is your organization, is this if this is your task and this is what you want to do, you got to be that coach. You may not ever be been a coach before, but you done put something together. So my nigga, you got to be a coach. And it wasn't until, like I said, that Tony situation and then me going back and thinking about, hmm, how can I do this? That better helped me get into that last two, that last month of the year, the last month of that, like after what's March, the after like that March twenty first to April twenty first that month, I felt like I was in a way better groove. Than I had been the whole time, like I said, that whole 75% of the festival. Because I had somebody who was helping me with security. And then from there, well, not just security, I had somebody helping me with security. I had somebody helping me with the booking and laying out the artist. And then I had somebody helping me with the volunteers. So my brain, I still got all of this shit on my head, but it's relieved a little bit because I know I have people, you know what I'm saying, in places that can handle the situation. And then from FaZe Guy handling security, he actually linked up with one of the homies, Warren. And Warren's actually the guy who came through 
to my crib, I didn't because I didn't get a chance to to meet up with them. We we're actually supposed to have a big meeting at Amelie's, and I wasn't able to make it because again, throughout the whole putting together this festival, life was just hitting a nigga with lefts and rights and lefts and rights. My uncle had actually passed a week before the festival, so all that shit was really going on, and I wasn't able to get to the meeting because that was going on. Like, and I guess the day I got the the day my wreck resolved was the same day that they had pulled the plug on my uncle who was on life support. So that was like the most weirdest situation for me to be in because I'm like, damn, like I got this bread, but I lost my uncle. So it was weird as fuck because it's like I, I got a big piece, a big chunk of the puzzle to help me do the shit that I really want to do. But in the same time. I lost the person, like y'all don't know this stuff, but I lost the person that I was doing all of this shit for to begin with. Because a long time, like when I was growing up, my uncle who passed, Uncle Butch, he used to have a Cadillac. I used to tell him, yo, um, I'm going to buy you a new Cadillac. I'm going to buy you a new Cadillac. And that was one of the goals that I had for when I, you know what I'm saying, I get the shit that I got going on. When I get that shit rolling and get that shit popping, I'm going to pull up on him with a Cadillac because... I was a kid saying this, so he never really, probably didn't really think that it was like some true shit. So I was gonna pull up, like, pop, pop, pop. yo, told you I'm gonna get a Cadillac, but it's like I lost him the same day I got the money, which was gonna enable me to do the festival. So it was just, it was a lot of shit going on in that time, and I was just like, damn. But I know that he would want me to do the festival because his main thing was freedom. That's the one thing he cared about. He was just like, yo, bro. You just got to be able to do you. You got to he his he lived his life to be free. So with him passing, I knew that he was in a better place because he was going through. He was real sick, like super sick for a long time. So I knew he was in a better place because one, he's not here no more. He ain't got to deal with none of the shit we got to deal with. Two, he free, like he's not in the in the mental imprisonment. He's not in the this physical imprisonment. He's not in this three dimensional imprisonment. My man's as free as he could ever be. So him, his spirit, his soul is at its happiest peak. So I couldn't necessarily be upset because one per my whole view of death is just totally different than everybody else. Because growing up, literally in middle school through high school, like every year, somebody passed. And at some point in time, I just ran out of tears. And I was like, you know, it just happens so frequently to me. It's not even like a, a huge thing to me no more. So I'm like, all right, my whole my whole view is different, especially when I saw my granddad, because when I saw him, I looked at him, I was real young. I look, not real young, I was like 13. I looked at him and I was like, yo, he not, he's not gone. And then that moment really changed everything. So my whole view of death is totally different than everybody. So it's just like, all right, he's gone. I got my shit to do what I have been planning since like August of last year. Right at two weeks before it was time for me to do the thing that I've been planning. It was just a lot of shit to process and a lot of shit to go on. And it's, again, my stubbornness, I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep going through. And my festival popped off. It did what it was supposed to do. It did what I wanted it to do. But again, not like I wanted it to because I'm trying to do everything by myself. That delegation, that that teamwork, I learned that last month wasn't enough time to do everything that could have been done. I'm like, yo, if I could have stayed in this groove right here for like a three more months, you know what I'm saying? Did the festival in like late August. Shit, nigga. 
Because I had realized when I touched Tony, Faze guy with the idea to get, well, with the mission, rather, to get the security guard. And he met Warren, who was going to be one of who was going to be one of the security guards. And Warren then also, in turn, touched me by helping me with the Facebook ads. That never would have happened if I didn't open my mouth and talk to Tony asking for help. You know what I'm saying? If he didn't call me, ask me for me to talk to him and ask him, yo, I need you to do this for me. Can you do this for me? That never would have happened. You know what I'm saying? So the the attention and the promotion that the festival did get, you know what I'm saying? That shit... Probably wouldn't even went down nowhere near like that because Warren came in, did some shit on Facebook that I ain't never motherfucking seen before. So I was like, oh shit. You know, so it was like everything happens for a reason. And I realized that if you have an idea or if you have a quote blessing or if you see something and if you can touch other people with it, that's going to do nothing but light that lamp. And then when they touch somebody else, it ain't going to do nothing but light that lamp. You know, so the best thing that you have and the best thing for you to do is to get your ideas out there, to talk to as many people and to ask for as much help and to connect with as many people as possible because that's ultimately the only way any of this shit's gonna even get done the way you want to in the first place. Because can't nobody do shit by themselves. And I don't give a fuck who you are. Like Roger Goodell does not run the NFL by himself. That nigga could not run the NFL by himself. It's 32 teams in the NFL. Each one of those teams have an owner. That owner couldn't run that team by himself. It's a goddamn... The coach couldn't coach the team by themselves. They have assistant coaches. And then if you go into the NFL, you ain't got... You got a linebacker coach. You got a D-back coach. You got a defensive coach. Every fucking position has their own coach. And all those coaches got to talk to the like goddamn defensive back. Like, they got to talk to the defensive coordinator. And then the defensive coordinator got to talk to the head coach. Because the head coach had to talk to all the motherfucking coaches that nigga head to fucking go off you know what I'm saying so you have to disseminate information you have to build that tribe you have to link up with people you have to network you have to do all that shit everybody talking about some I got here by myself I'm gonna do it on my own no the fuck you not it's literally impossible you don't got all the answers Sway you don't like you don't have all the answers so for all these people that's just afraid to ask for help trust me bro I understand because, nigga, I still am. I still, I still am stubborn. I still, you know what I'm saying, find ways to be like, nah, I ain't going to do that right now. You know what I'm saying? I can do this. I still find myself doing that, but I can't. It's not possible. There's no way that everything that is in my head is going to get out, you know what I'm saying, by myself. And... I know I'm not the smartest nigga in the motherfucking world. I'm not the strongest nigga in the motherfucking world. I'm not the wisest nigga in the motherfucking world. I'm not the blanketed blankets of anything in the world. I'm just the most tizziest nigga in the world. And I just see shit. And I'm like, hmm, I can. I have this idea to do X, Y, and Z, but I already know it takes a team. Like I said, my whole point and my whole purpose and my whole hardest thing to get over was asking for help. And I know it's May and everybody's talking about mental health month. And at times, bro, I be thinking about like not and I, I think about depression. I'm not depressed, don't get me wrong. But this morning, when I woke up, bro, I didn't want to get the fuck up out the bed because like I said, I, I didn't make no bread at the festival, right? 
I done paid out as many people as I could pay out, and I I'm a still a I'm still a human, my nigga. I still got bills and shit. So I take freedom to the goddamn to the bus, not to the bus, to the train, so you can catch a train back to the crib, and then I come back home, go back to sleep. This is all. This is the Sunday after the festival. I come back home. I go to sleep. I wake up. Nigga, my car don't start. So I ain't had no car for like the past goddamn two weeks. Cause I had to buy alternator, had to get the alternator in here, got the alternator in, the battery's fucked up, cause AAA done fucked up my goddamn shit. They told me one thing was wrong when it was really something else. So had to get a new battery, all this shit. Finally get my car back yesterday for the shit to be over overheating. Like as of yesterday, the shit overheated. So I parked my car in my old job, left the shit there, came back today, went back to get it, cause I didn't want to drive it last night when it was mad hot. I was gonna take it to my mechanic, and the shit don't start. And I'm just sitting here like, bro, I got bills. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got shit I need to do. I have money that I need to make in order to pay for my shit. And I'm the type of person where I'm like, I'm stubborn. I done said that I don't know how many times this podcast. And I'm stubborn. So when I'm going through these situations and I know me, I'm like, bro, I didn't do everything that I was supposed to do. Like I said, I touched $2,500. I invested all that money into myself and then like to myself to get all of my shit situated and then into my festival to get that shit, you know what I'm saying, where I wanted it to be. After the festival, the festival makes bread. Obviously, it makes money. Like I said, the festival makes like $1,800. I pay out as many people as I can because I told people I was going to pay them. So I paid out literally as many people as I could. I think at the end I was left with like a hundred thirteen dollars, and I only had a hundred thirteen dollars, and like because nigga, I gotta have something to do because I had to pay my phone bill. That's what it was. And then we damn near lost the damn money because of cash app and shit. So I, at the end of the, at the end of the thing, after paying my phone bill, I was left with like thirty dollars after the festival. Mind you, bro, I put in over two thousand dollars two. $3,000 into the festival, like, over the whole course of everything, made, like, $30 at the end, well, I was left with, like, $30 at the end, like, I need my car, so I can, you know what I'm saying, do shit, you know, live, I got other little joints I be doing, you know, a little Instacart, you know what I'm saying, a little Postmates, I can make that bread back, not all 2500 obviously, not in a week, but I can make that bread back if I have my whip, but so, like, not having my whip, it's like, Bro, I can't make no bread. Nigga, it is the first of the month, nigga. Rent is due, nigga. And here it is, the temp. I told my landlord, like, I'm paying. I was like, yo, bro, you know what I'm saying? Shit going on left and right, you know? And it's the temp. Rent due on the temp. And I'm like, well, I told him I was going to pay him rent on the 10th. And I'm like, bro, it's the 10th, my guy. Well, it's the 8th right now. The 10th is in two days. I'm looking at, I had this conversation with the universe like four or five times. And I was like, bro, I'm not losing, yo. Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not the nigga that did everything that he was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? I could have been the guy who took that $2,500 and bought some crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't buy buy myself literally nothing, really. Like, I could have been that nigga who went out there and got the 18, made the money, was like, shit, I I gotta hold on to this bread. I could have been that guy who did that shit, but I'm like, nah, I'm not about to, you know what I'm saying, stiff people out of the money that they earn, you know, because that's fucked up. I wouldn't want nobody to do that shit to me. So I'm sitting here just looking around like, nah, bro, I refuse to be that guy who did everything that he was supposed to do, only to be the nigga that got fucked over at the end. 
and it's just certain things that you know. I like I say, you know, I always believe that my favorite quote. Well, pause. My favorite quote is, "I'm the master of my ship," and I am. And there's certain points in life that you have to understand that, nigga, you ain't got no control over. Like I ain't got no control over the fucking rain for day. When it rained for two days, bro. Um, like the two days, like the Monday and Tuesday after the festival, I swear to God, my mechanic got down cursed the weather. This nigga was like, yo, I'm gonna pull up when it stop raining. Nigga ain't stopped raining for two days, dog. Like it dead ass did not stop raining for two days, dog. I was there like, yo, son, <laughs> for real, for reals. Like we just dead ass not going to stop raining. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't control that shit. I can't control the motherfucking weather. Only thing I control is my motherfucking work ethic. And, hey, I'm pr- I pride myself on my work ethic, bro. I believe my work ethic is damn near higher than anybody. I'll, I'll rival my work ethic with anybody in the city. Like, I don't, my my goal is to be the hardest nigga working in the city. And once I'm the hardest nigga working in the city, I'm going to be the hardest nigga working in America. Once I'm the hardest nigga working in America, I'm going to be the hardest nigga working in the world. Because that's just my work ethic. And when I see shit, I just got to go get it. Like, there is no other option for me to say, fuck it, I got to go get it. So it's not my work ethic. It's these random situations that a nigga's placed in. And I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? And so like I said, when I woke up this morning, like, last night when my car was fucking up, like, because it fucked up when I was out there, finally got my car back yesterday. So I'm finally able to, you know what I'm saying, go to work. I'm sitting here working, trying to make some bread, and then my car fucks, starts fucking up. And I'm just, as a person who is a nigga that wants to do shit, you know what I'm saying, who wants to be like, yeah, bruh. I told y'all I was going to do this. I got it. And like not one of the lazy niggas in, in society. You know, one of the average black guys who out here taking care of the shit we need to be taking care of. So we're not really, you know what I'm saying, talked about in the media. We're not the thug niggas. We're not the corporate niggas. You know? Um, that shit goes down. That shit gets me pissed off. And that shit, honestly, it hurt. It's kind of depressing a little bit. Because I'm like, bro, like, all a nigga trying to do is do right. And it's like. You can't win for losing sometimes, and that shit, like I say, as a black male, you already got so many cars stacked up against you. Like, when you can't win for losing, it's like, bro, why the fuck am I even trying this shit, bro? I need to just motherfucking go to the streets. I don't know the damn thing about the streets, nigga. I am not a street nigga. Like, I'm not about to shoot nobody, but shit, the way this shit looking, the way this shit is set up, like, fuck it. And it's mad aggravating because... You know that's not the, you know what I'm saying? You know that's not the right mentality. You know that's not the way to look at things. You know that's not the way you truly feel. That's just how you feel in this moment. But when that moment becomes so constant and it feels like you always in that moment, yo, that shit can really bring you down. And I'm here to talk, you know what I'm saying, specifically talk to all my black men and be like, bro, it is okay, bro. You are not the only nigga in that, that space. It's okay to air out those frustrations. It's okay to show you know what I'm saying? The chinks in the armor because that's the only way. Look at me, bro. This whole podcast, I've been doing this shit for, what, 30 minutes, I believe? Like, 30-something, 20-something minutes so far. This whole podcast has been me, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is tizzy with no armor on, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just bare bones. This is reality. This is the shit that I have to deal with. Because this is the life that I chose. And I was actually listening to Gary V earlier today because that's one of my niggas, bro. So shout out Gary V because he's motivating as fuck. And he said, um, it's, I'm not going to quote it word for word, but he was like, you know, you can't put yourself in a situation 
and then complain about the situation that you put yourself in. Like you can't build a company and then complain about how hard it is to build a company. You know, that's literally you're the nigga who was like, I'm gonna build a motherfucking company. You can't say you're gonna do something. You can't put yourself in a situation and then be upset with the outcome when the outcome's not in your well, not what you want it or imagine, if you will. Like you can't do that. Like that's why that's bitch shit. If you think about it, yeah, bro. I'm a swing for the fences, but if I if I if I fail if I fall short, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna call I'm gonna call bullshit. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't do that. You can't aim high and then when you miss, you can't be a bitch about it. Like you the one that put yourself in the situation. So it's your fucking fault. If you say you're gonna do some shit and then you do the shit and then the shit didn't come out the way you planned for it to happen, nigga, that's your fault. You the one that got to deal with that reality. You the one that got to write the ship. You the one that got to go forward with it. But at the same time, you don't have to do it alone. And as black men, we've been taught for so long, we got to do shit on our own. And it's like, bro, we don't have to do everything on our own. It's okay to look at somebody and be like, yo, bro, honestly, I can't figure this shit out. Like, I, I need help right now. Like, you see somebody who's out there doing shit that you want to do. It's okay to be like, yo, bro, I don't understand this right here. I don't really get how you did this. Could you, you know what I'm saying, help a brother out? Could you, you ain't got to suck a nigga dick or nothing, but it's okay to ask another person for help. And then if you are a person who is being asked for help, it's okay to help somebody. Like, what the fuck? Where we at in a society where we, you know what I'm saying, are too ashamed to ask for help and we too prideful or we too, I'm not going to say greedy or nothing, but we too prideful to, you know what I'm saying, give another person help when we have the ability to give that person help. If you are around me and you see me and you ask me for some shit, I have and I have the ability to give it to you, I have given it to you. And that's facts. It's mad and that's not just on some show shit. It's on some whatever. If you have been around me and you ask me for something, I've done what I could do to get it. And it's hard for me because, I, like I said, I'm a male. I'm a black male myself. It's hard for me to say I reciprocate that where on the reciprocation is me being like, hey, bro, I need something for you. And then you giving that to me because I'm also the type of person where I don't expect you to do the same exact thing for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't expect you to do for me what I would do for you because you are you and I am me. What I may do for you, you may ask me for a dollar. I may give you 20 if I got 100. I wouldn't expect you to give me twenty dollars if I asked you for a dollar. I would expect you to give me a dollar. You know what I'm saying? I honestly would probably expect you to say no. But if you gave me a dollar, I'd be like, "Bet I asked for a dollar." If you gave me a twenty, I would be a, I would be hella surprised. But me and you are different people, so I don't expect you to do for me what I would do for you. But I would, like I tell people all the time, I've been saying this shit about the Charlotte hip hop scene for a long time. I'm cool with so many people, and I know so many people, and I'm attached with so many people that. I know I'm relatively safe, nigga. I know that if one of my niggas pop, somebody gonna goddamn pop. Not, not. I know if one of my niggas pop. I know that based on the talent around me and the amount of people that I know and the talented motherfuckers in this scene, somebody's gonna pop. Now, when said person pops, do I expect the motherfucker to come to me and be like, hey, Tizzy, this is the blueprint for you to do? No. But at least point a nigga in the right direction, you know what I'm saying? That's it. Hey, bro. I don't think you need to post that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 
that's it. You ain't got to go out your way to build a whole capsule for somebody else. But if you know somebody and if you see somebody who is doing something that, you know what I'm saying, you did or you were doing and you know a way to help them. Like that's really this whole Charlotte hip hop scene. Like every show like I've done, I've thrown because it's hard for me to book shows. So when I see other young people throwing open mics and other young people throwing shows, I always try to link up with them and give them advice. Like I got two homies that I'm linking up with, Kato. Linking up with Kato, we're gonna do some shows, Kato 47. I didn't like I said, thanks to Imani, I don't know, I done reached a whole new side of Charlotte hip hop that I ain't even know was there, bro. Like it's a whole bunch of motherfuckers, but each one teach one. It takes a village. If we trying to do this shit, not, I don't believe in the word try. If we're building a infrastructure and we're building a music business and a music scene in the city, there needs to be infrastructure and there needs to be us a, a, a business. We already have the scene. We already got the talent. You know what I'm saying? That's there. We just need the infrastructure of this is what you know. What I'm saying? We do. You go from here, you do these things, these are these kind of shows, we have these kind of shows, and then you have these kind of shows. We have we need the infrastructure and we need the business. We need the marketing. We need the smarts behind this shit. We got too many rappers and not enough attorneys. We got too many rappers and not enough lawyers. We got too many rappers and not enough bloggers. We got too much music at this point. We need a little if you're gonna rap like me and all these other rappers, and you wanna do more shit, bro, do more shit. But we need more shit. That's why I'm doing the podcast. And that's why, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have people interviewing. We don't have platforms. I'm building a platform. Everything that I do is literally for the community. I build this platform, Yo CLT Raps. I hire some bloggers to start writing about artists. I don't have to be in charge of Yo CLT Raps. I just have the vision. I think of life, I told y'all before, I think of life like a big-ass fucking video game, Fallout. I got the objective to build a platform in the city for artists. So that's what I'm doing. If somebody else builds one... I don't give a fuck. We need more, bro. Atlanta has a thousand different platforms. You think it's one? You think it's just one platform in Atlanta? No, bro. It's a million different platforms. Like I'm not saying that I started podcasts, but I've noticed once I started doing a podcast a couple years ago, it's been a shit ton of podcasts. And I'm like, hey, yes, we need more outlets in the city. Like we need way more podcasts. We need. It's only two, three radio stations, and to be real, none of them really fuck with hip hop in the city, except for select people at stations. And shout out 92.7 because they did do a lot of work. They let me on there. D. Renee, she let me come in there. Uh, Mary Kay. We just need to get some spins. Now, you know what I'm saying? We need to, but that's all in the business. You know, this is why we need that music business part of the city. And to be real, it's mad rappers in the city that's doing their thing. Shout out Elevated J. Shout out De Niro. Shout out Baby Jesus. Well, I know he goes by the baby now. Shout out J-Way Sosa. It's a lot of rappers in the city doing their thing. It's just not a lot of communication. And it's a lot of bickering between people because people feel like, oh, once I get here, I'm stuck. Not stuck, but once I get here, I got to, you know what I'm saying, put myself in this box and not really be able to be open to other motherfuckers. And it's like, nah, bro, we all need to be together. We all in this shit together, bro. Because at the end of the day, if the Nero Ferrar got down is J. Cole level and the Nero Ferrar throws a festival in Charlotte and we got the Dreamville Festival in Charlotte. Just like how the Dreamville Festival gonna do shit for North Carolina. You know, that's why I got the New Air Music Fest. The New Air Music Fest is my festival. I run the New Air Music Fest. Motherfucker, if I become J. Cole of goddamn the world, the New Air Music Fest blows up right along with me and that's right here in Charlotte. Nothing but Charlotte artists. Well, not just nothing but Charlotte artists, but a majority Charlotte artists. 
all indie artists though nothing but indie artists so that's just the whole way shit with me is everything that i do is literally it's like a like a like a dish off it's like hey i'm gonna go ahead and plant this here you know what i'm saying i'm gonna pass it to my homie because i got told y'all last podcast i'm on a train to the top bro and when i get to the top i don't want to look around and be the only motherfucker there like that shit has to be whack as fuck like yeah you rich and you got everything that you want but ain't nobody there with you nah man that like i said last time that shit that shit's dead like all that oh i did this shit on my own oh this is me and only me nigga no no it's not bro everybody has a team around them everybody in the city has a talent everybody in the city needs to work together everybody in the city needs to stop the sneak dissing everybody in the city like i said needs to just come together do what the fuck they need to do and let's get this shit together because at the end of the motherfucking day most of us in this scene we all black males like we all got the same shit we deal with on a day-to-day basis bro we all got a fucking when we go inside the motherfucking small stores, they following us. You know what I'm saying? When we walk inside Walmart, you know what I'm saying? And, and we dealing with all that shit. We dealing with the niggas looking at us. We dealing with all the pressure society. Everybody always think we got them, got gats and got guns and got drugs on us. You know what I'm saying? Some of us smoke weed. For y'all who don't smoke weed, it's just that one more stereotype on you. Fucking drug, smoking, sweet head. You know what I'm saying? Everybody think you got a gun. Cops killing us left and goddamn right. The last thing we need is to be beefing over fucking music, bro. This is our industry. This is the one thing that we all have in common, bro. The last thing we all need to be doing is beefing over some sneak dissing and some bullshit, bro. If you don't like each other, bro, just put it on the wax, bro, and just... Talk it out over some motherfucking music, nigga. At least you can make some money. At least the scene gets some, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to sneak this on Facebook and Twitter and all that shit, bro. Like, at least put it on wax or shut the fuck up. Because we all need each other, like, at the end of the motherfucking day. The bigger the next person gets, that's the closer the spotlight is to you, motherfucker. Like, if phase guys start popping... The spotlight in city, the spotlight in Charlotte is just that much brighter because now instead of just the baby J Way Sosa, uh, Daniel Ferrar, Luke, Elevated J, there's Phase Guy. If Rails starts popping, boom, there's Rails. If Matrix starts popping, boom, there's Matrix. You know what I'm saying? Like the spotlight just get brighter every time somebody in the city makes it to the next level. So how about everybody just shuts the fuck up and we all just work the fuck together, like? I don't really understand how hard it is, man. Like, I, I, I really don't. And I ain't saying you got to go to everybody's motherfucking shows and shit. And I'm not saying you got to retweet everybody's shit and shit. I'm just saying stop all the motherfucking sneak dissing. You know what I'm saying? Share a nigga post too. You know what I'm saying? Just help build a solid infrastructure. Contribute something other than music. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Think about how to expand your brand because in the 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 world we in today, just music not just gonna do it to begin with. Like you're not gonna make it just as an artist. Do you not realize that all of your favorite artists tour for a living? Niggas always on tour because that's how we eat in the industry. But you can't tour every day, every year, for your whole career. You need time off. 
You need to be able to, to diversify yourself. You need to be able to pick up something else. And Charlotte is the best city to do that shit. Charlotte is the best city to start something and watch the motherfucker grow. Because Charlotte, would, and not, I don't think anymore, but we're like the, we were the second fastest growing city in the country. With a number six city in the uh, number six city in the country for African American prosperity, which honestly is hard for me to believe. I would be real about that. I mean, I can't. I mean, there are some prosperous African Americans here. I have seen my parents. You know, what I'm saying my parents. They within their life, they went from nigga the lowest of low class to middle up upper middle class. I would. I don't really know how the classes are. I would just presume that they upper middle class. I would. You know, what I'm saying presume that. So, I mean, I've seen that, you know what I'm saying? But within our generation, I mean, to be honest, I know how hard it is, bro. Like I said in the beginning of this podcast, yo, it's hard ever for me. Like, it ain't easy out here. Like, I have ideas and I run through with my shit because I have such a, a stubborn, because I have such a stubborn attitude and I have a, such a way I go about situations. But on the financial side, bro, I'm struggling just like everybody else, bro. It's probably harder than a lot of niggas, to be real. It's just... I got ideas and I'm not afraid to run through them, run through with them because that's just my personality. I'm just going to swing for the motherfucking fences and one of these motherfucking days, I'm going to knock the motherfucking scoreboard out. And when I do, I'm looking at everybody as I run around those motherfucking bases like, I told you niggas, I can hit a motherfucking home run. And after that home run, I'll hit another motherfucking home runs. I'm about to become motherfucking Babe Ruth motherfucking this bitch. I'm about to get on all the steroids and I'm about to be motherfucking Barry Barnes in this bitch. I'm knocking every motherfucking ball out the park after I hit the first home run because I'm just perfecting my swing and that's how I look at it. I'm just perfecting the swing. Perfecting the swing. But you know who got motherfucking swing coaches? The best MLB motherfucking players. And you know what a coach is? Somebody that can give a nigga help. And you know how you get help? By opening your motherfucking mouth. And that's what I'm doing right now, bro. If you feel like you can help Tizzy out in any particular way, bro, link up, bro. Like, let's link, bro. I need videographers to help with ideas I have for your CLT raps. I need bloggers for your CLT raps. Like, I need anybody, everybody who wants to be a part of just building a Charlotte infrastructure. Because the shit that I have in my head, I just need help with, man. Because I can't do everything on my own. And I... I, I, I I know that, you know, and I'm 100% cool with saying that. And I, at this point, after all the shit that I've been through, especially with the festival, I'm cool with asking for help because niggas need help, bro. Niggas can't do shit. Every, niggas can't do everything by themselves. Like, it's it's impossible to do everything by yourself. So I'm always, always, always looking for help. I'm always looking for people who looking to help a nigga out. Like, for the hire, bro, I, where I do the marketing. I mix the music. Kizzy does all the graphics. Like, we need help with the hire, too, bro. It's not hard. It's not easy in these streets. And it's not hard to ask for help once you realize that it's perfectly okay with asking for help. It's just, again, just like everything else in this motherfucking society, which has been so goddamn walled off and shelled and turned around. It's like, bruh, relax. Pause. It's fine. All that bullshit niggas done told you is just that, yo. Bullshit. None of that shit matters, bro. Just like how they trying to tell your ass that everything that went that we went through with slavery, we can just niggas can just get over it. Oh, y'all motherfuckers ain't go through slavery, so you should be able to catch up. Like, no, bro. We can't really pull ourselves up by the bootstraps when y'all got a four hundred year head start. Whether Kanye said it was a choice or not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
y'all still got that head start. It's still certain things that we got to deal with on a day-to-day basis that other niggas ain't got to deal with. We recognize that. And just like how we showed her those things and we moved through with those things, we got to move through that you can't ask for help because that's just another lie. Because them niggas ask for help all the motherfucking time. If you look at these white corporations, they are conglomerates, nigga. Like, there are six, seven, eight different major organizations that fuck with each other. And they help each other out. That's all they do. We've been taught not to help each other. We've been taught to fight. We've been taught to goddamn look at another nigga and then think that nigga gonna rob you. You know how many times... And that, matter of fact, quick side note. What's up, side note? Quick side note. That shit, that hit me like a couple years ago. I was at the gas station. I was in Concord. I was at a QT. And then I was parking my car. Not this car I got now, Lord. A new car. An old car. I parked my car and it was like three black kids outside. You know what I'm saying? And they were sitting down. And I was when I, when I was pulling up, I was like, I don't want to park here. I was like, I don't want them niggas to do nothing to my car. Then I thought about it. I was like, wait. I was that kid outside the gas station. That when cars pulled up, I looked at the person in the car was like, I bet you that person think I'm trying to do something to their car. I'm not going to do nothing to your car, bro. Just get the fuck out of the car. Like, that was me. And I had those thoughts. And when I had that thoughts to those kids in my head, I was like, yo, I done fell victim to some programming. Like, yo, like, that's mad fucked up that he even had that thought. And that shit just made me really just think about shit. I was like, yo, like, I can't even. Nah, nah, no, no more. The whole way I view everything now is questioned. Because that shit really had me fucked up. Why I look at those black kids like a white guy looks at black kids? Like, why I look at those black kids thinking those black kids are going to rhyme me? Yeah, I'm a black male. Like, I was a black kid. And I choked, didn't rob nobody. And those little kids probably were just sitting there hot as fuck. Because it was hot as fuck. And they were sitting, they were sitting underneath an umbrella because it was hot as fuck. That's exactly what was going on. But in my head, I just made this whole scenario about how these motherfuckers going to fuck up my car and shit. That's the shit that's in our heads. And that's the shit that we got to get out. Because they done programmed us to think particular ways. They done programmed us not to ask for help. They done programmed us to motherfucking think that we the strongest niggas in the world. And that if we ask for help, we the weakest niggas in the world. They done programmed us to, for us to fail on every end of the spectrum. And if we recognize that in one end, we got to recognize that in the other end. And that's just my whole thing. We just have to be able to recognize the bullshit. And me putting together this festival, I was able to recognize some bullshit within myself. And I was like, nah, bro, you talk a talk, but you don't walk the walk. Why don't you walk the walk? You don't walk the walk because you're afraid to walk the walk. Why are you afraid to ask for help? Nigga, you need help. And nigga, you know you need help. Now you're just being dumb. And it was at that moment I was like, hold on, bro, I'm not dumb. I had to ask for help. And when I did, it was able, like I said, it was able to lighten the load. And I was able to do a lot more. And the festival was able to run a lot more smoothly. And that's why next year festival is going to be through the motherfucking roof. Because I know how to ask for help. And I'm going to have a meeting. If you want to be a part of next year's festival, I got to talk to my bro Ron Styles. 
Like I talked to him. We're going to figure out a day we can have everybody come up to the New Air Music Festival who wants to be a part of the meeting, who wants to be a part of next year. We're going to, you know what I'm saying, get some committees together. And we're going to rock this shit out because I got an idea for next year. And, bruh, on some all-city shit, we going through the motherfucking roof, yo. I appreciate y'all tuning in, man. It's Tizzy. This is Tizzy Talks. This is the second episode. Y'all can listen to the first episode on your podcast, your favorite podcast player. It's Yo CLT Raps. Just type that in. Y-O-C-L-T-R-A-P-S. I got my face guy and Y interview dropping tomorrow. Along with the video, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube.com backslash Yo CLT Raps. If it don't pull up, I think I need more subscribers. So go to Yo CLT Raps. Type that in on the search panel. And then look up Yo CLT Raps. And then subscribe. I thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all been so beautiful. It was lit.